Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. So Julie, part of our coaching, we're kind of segueing into the world of executive coaching and or leadership coaching. Let's define that for our listeners before we get into it, before we get into all the other things that we want to talk about it. Okay. How do you define executive coaching? Obviously, Laura, when I started coaching, I thought that this meant coaching executives. That's what executive coaching means in the title. But I've been learning um, or through experiences I've been having that I think there is just a different need and a different approach to coaching that happens in more structured business situations, which we're going to expand that I think executive coaching is, is not, it can be misleading if you've not like dug into it or thought about it. Yeah. I think um, the idea, I used to think it was top level executives in industry. And uh, so this is the myths. Like we thought it was like, it was like the VPs and presidents, they need someone to come in there and pump them up. And I joked and said to uh, Julian, her partner this weekend, like, it's like billions. You have like a therapy, a performance coach, like get them pumped up for those hedge fund trades, but it's, it's not necessarily. Um, but I, I think you and I have started to do some reading around it because there's such potential of leaders at all levels needing support with uh, their team, with how they show up, with their voice and all the things that uh, I think executive coaching, it is, isn't as high fluting and pretentious as I once thought it was. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the other thing I've noticed since you're talking about like teams and, and kind of projects, I've noticed with more traditional coaching clients that it feels like they're bringing specific issues but those issues have some breadth and depth to them, right? So maybe it is a, uh, job search, right? Career change, those types of things. And with my more business-focused executive coaching, what I'm noticing is that it is very specific, problem-based, almost case study-like with each of our sessions, right? So there is a thread. It's about their team. It's about development, but like it is um, very boxed, at least in what I've been seeing. Um, I don't know if you have seen similar things. Yeah, I think you're right. It's actually kind of like a the other coaching people that we have, the clients we have uh, outside of tra- they're doing transitions or career stuff is more like a spotlight. And then when it comes to executive coaching, it's like a laser. And they're targeting attributes, maybe experiences, maybe interactions, and wanting to understand what that means and how they're showing up or what they're doing or behaviors and attitudes that are influencing their work. And it could be the bottom line of the business. It could be team and group dynamics related, or it could be as they shift into a new role or level even. So I think it's really interesting to think about it in terms of an executive coach would really target and unravel a bit more of that interaction or that issue or that situation. And I think from that, we hope our clients learn. It was interesting. I read the book I read around this to get me started was um, Own the Room, Discovering Your Signature Voice and to Master Your Leadership Presence. And that's by uh, Wilkins and Sue are two authors. Um, I really thought it was important. They said, future success is rarely built on the same platform as one's past accomplishments. 
And I think our leaders and executives come into coaching knowing that they need to evolve, shift, shape, and keep up with what's going on in the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's another, um, we should put it in the show notes. There's a book. Uh, is it, I'm going to get it wrong. Marshall Goldsmith or something. And it's like, what got you there? What got you here? Won't get you there. But there's a follow-up book that he um, contributed to with a female author. We can talk about why I don't under- remember the female author's name later. Uh, that just goes to show you how anyways. Um, and it was specifically for women, right? Focusing on um, h- how women rise is the title of the book. But I think like what you're saying, it was about the shift from when you have reached a peak and reached a point, knowing that you will need to hone in on those skill sets, right? And, and, and develop some of those. And those that seems to be common themes with my executive clients, right? Is this, or business clients, as I would call them. Um, yeah, it's funny for the fun fact for those noob coaches like me, um, Marshall, Marshall Smith is a leadership coach and best-selling author and is everywhere. And he's actually on the coaching.com website, a platform that I shared with Julie for if you are a coach and you want to put all your things in one space, like invoices, video calls, like he's one of the first testimonials. So in case you don't know, that's who he is in the, in the field. And we'll unpack the, why you didn't know that female author's name later, Julie. So that's fine. I know (laughs) we could do better. Well, I, I read Muriel's book, um, after her coaching real leaders podcast, and we shared that with listeners in the first season and on our Instagram, at least. And Muriel is a black woman and Jen Sue is an Asian woman. Like I want to hear from different kind of folks Mm -hmm. that are thinking about the nuances in the executive realm, because I think it's been led by mm, the white patriarchy for a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the other thing I think that um, could be really uh, insightful around this executive coaching space is, you know, the common set, the setup is a bit different, right? For these. Um, so it might be performance coaching based. It also might be development coaching based. And most of them start with, we were having a conversation before we started recording a, a 360 situation, right? So that individual, that client is getting this evaluation. And I, you know, in no other coaching situation that I'm familiar with, are you starting a coaching engagement with feedback from those who work with you and report to you? And and that then is guiding some of those objectives and, and deliverables for the coaching engagement. And that, how fascinating, right, is how I'm going to that how how what an impact that can have on that journey yeah and i think the idea of um like a 360 evaluation or maybe performance bringing that in first uh is to understand as a starting place because i think we go blank slate into most coaching and still in executive i would too even if they came with kind of feedback or performance or portfolio things they want to talk about we still get to the root cause of what does this mean to you and how does this impact your work and what ways are you showing up as a leader in this example? So I think one call out and you and I started talking because we were looking at like books and things we were reading and um, part of our coach training, I'm in this mentor coaching now. And it means I have three mentoring sessions where I talk with our coach trainer, Katie. And I asked like, what other ways could I actually, besides reading and taking like other things, what other things could I do to tool up or upskill in this area beyond what I think is going to be most fruitful is maybe informational interviews with other executive coaches and getting to know some other people informally 
in the realm that have had lot, lots more years of experience in that domain, because I think that's where you and I see some of our clients' growth in those areas. And it'd be helpful to know, well, what else do we need to you know, be relevant and be knowledgeable and be supportive as an executive coach? Yeah. And I think something that you and I have in common is I think we both like to experiment with knowledge that we learn, right? And so there is an element of, of uh, okay, I'm going to read this. Or I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to pick out the pieces that I think I can apply, right? That kind of fit with my style. And I I think there is that additional piece of, of kind of executive coaching that you need some credentialing there almost a little bit, right? Like there, you're going to get asked for that, which makes sense if you're working with really high level CEO business executives, right? So it is, it is, it's an interesting path to think about what is my next professional development step within coaching and in that way, as it might relate to some of those credentialing needs. Yeah. And credentials, I have an issue with that too, because I, I think you could be credentialed and it doesn't mean you're doing the work. So like I got frustrated and I think I went to Katie and I mentioned to you, there's a job that came out in our org and I was kind of like, this is awesome. But part of the requirement was you need to be an executive to coach these executives. And I don't think you do. And so I'm trying to think about like, what are their um, tools and attributes? And maybe it's like, maybe it's a credential, but like, what else do I need to be knowledgeable on to speak that language and work with C-suites uh, folks? Because I think you can still do great visioning, great um, kind of thinking partner work with them, but to know what their experiences are. So maybe it's just getting more exposure to what that would look like in terms of their day-to-day needs. I think language is one of them. Um, Are you thinking about other things of credentialing on specifically? Like, what are you thinking about? Well, I I hear you. And I think you and I have very similar views on uh, like the BS that is credentialing and, (laughs) and where that shows up. And I also know that, uh, you know, there are certain things that might signal to folks that you do, like, you need to be able to signal your experience. And so um, I think you're right. Language is important. I think some of the assessment stuff we've talked about, and some of that is hoops you jump through so you have access to the assessments, right? So that's like a whole other issue. Um, but if you're, if you are using assessments with clients, like how, how are you getting credentialed in that space? Um, how are you talking about different uh, theories or approaches you might have, right? I, so I, I think I'm using credentialing broadly to mean both formal and informal in this situation, um, because I do think there are totally things that you could do without a level of formalization, right? Like I've acquired this knowledge, I've experienced this, I've observed yeah. this, and now. Give a specific example. So we're talking around it. Like, are you talking about like a 360 assessment evaluation or do you thought, talk, like, give me an example. Yeah, I think like evaluations or uh, assessments, right? That to me sits in one category. Like an individual performance assessment or something? I don't know. Sure. Like a DISC, a Myers-Briggs, like assessment. Those to me all, like that's what I mean by assessments, right? So those are, you have to get credentialed and like certified in most of those, right? Because it's proprietary content that you're then becoming a facilitator for. Results you have to interpret, that sort of thing, right? Um. And so I think there's a piece of that that is like a part of it. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's things like you're saying, like, 
what what's the language that I use? What approaches am I using, right? Like what's a business model that this company uses? And I can familiarize myself with that business model and then know I can like talk about that or guide a client in that way. Yeah, that's good to know. Okay, so when you like, because you're wrapping in like inventories and like self-awareness in some ways, like whether it's interest or personality or other things. Okay, that's good to know. Um, yeah, when I, I thought you mentioned assessment, I think I, I looked at and I started thinking about the like, 360 assessments. Uh, so those are like evaluation tools that are standard and there's a few of them out there. So sifting through that, or um, I think I also was thinking about processes. So I started looking at like change management certifications, just because as I'm coaching other teams and groups, I think that's something that uh, would be helpful. So I'm thinking about like upskilling in terms of not only just a credential, but like what would just be interesting to learn in. So I could sure write the PMP exam to for a, a project management, but I'm going to learn more by doing something that's more interesting um, that I could take these strategies with me. So my boss said, like, you might as well do the prints too, instead of the PMP. What depends? Do you want to be more widely recognized or widely known with some other little letters after your name? Or do you actually want to learn the things that you might apply somewhere? And I was like, that's a good call out. And that's kind of what I've been thinking more about as I investigate these other assessments or certifications or credentials, because you only need so many letters after your name before you're not a name anymore. You're just like letters. An alphabet soup. I know. I know. <laughs> you lent me a book and you read a book, The Art of Executive Coaching. What do you think about that one? You know, the person who feels like it's hard to make time for things these days loved it because it was a shorter read and it was case study focused. So it was really easy to uh, like see a situation from start to finish. Um, and, and so I appreciated that. Uh, I liked that they had different scenarios. So it was like, not super abstract because there was different examples that came up in there. Yeah, I think it's a really good entry entryway to some of the like thought changes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but like thought shifts that that happen with executive coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not the be all end all resource, though, right? Like left me with a lot of questions to keep going through as well. Yeah, I like, I read this, it's funny, I read it as a digital, so I forgot how thin it was, because it was, maybe I, read, I thought I was just a quick reader on my Kindle. Um, so I like, like, why you would be coaching, so it gives a rationale, of, like, why you would coach a type of client with this case or situation. I like the idea of, like, there's good takeaways. Um, I'm not always a big case person, but I do think I remember this going, oh, this has helped helpful to attach like a skill of this coaching aspect or like making mistakes or talking about failure with client. This is relevant talk as a coach because it goes back to an actual situation. Mm-hmm. So, and there's probably um, no doubt that these, <laughs> these scenarios, they come up with like, I'm just looking at the dramatic executive to um, <laughs> what's the other one, the rigid project manager. Oh, I've seen them. Um, so they, right. they're real. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it's built around, things for um, the like that you would encounter with executives and executives happen everywhere. It doesn't have just to be in business with a capital B. So that's something else to call out. Yeah, no, that is a really good call out. I, yes, that's a really good call out. There's other things I'm thinking about learning when it comes to executive coaching, but I think it just comes with time and practice. Uh, so um, I don't know if you've been observed with PCC rubrics yet. Have you talked about that yet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like the two levels, the ACC, yep. the PCC. 
So the professional, and then there's the, is it MCC, the masters? So, yeah. So I haven't, we've not been evaluated at that level yet, but I wonder um, in building up those hours. So PCC, once again, is 500 hours. I do think at some time, at some level you have other experiences and you're exposed to different clients. So I think it's good that like you and I are both kind of trying it out and testing the executive coaching waters. How's it going for you? I really enjoy it. Um, I think it's a different, uh, it feels slightly different as a coach. You know, I think as I've already said, something that stands out to me is that it, it feels a little more um, problem focused um, which is an interesting kind of space to be in. Um, and I think it is it is a really interesting stretch for some of them to to shift to a coaching mindset about those problems, right? Um, kind of like take a step away from your data, take a step away from your business goal, right? and let's let's broaden the picture a little bit, yeah, because usually these executives are the ones making decisions making sure that the solutions that they determine matter and it's not questioning or like leaving space for the process, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I'm early days of my executive coaching process and practice, and I'm learning a lot from the few engagements I've had already with a couple leaders I've had. It's really honestly a sacred and safe space for them because they weren't really sure how do I come in and how do I have to be and realizing that we're not attached to anything related to their business, their work, uh, who they report to or who reports to them. It, it's kind of, I think uh, it was unnerving at first for some. And then they're kind of like, this is kind of enjoyable because <laughs> it's just like a void that I can deal with these things and talk it out. And um, I, I am thinking more around sacred space these days when it comes to executive clients. Yeah. Yeah. It is rare, I think, for them to be able to truly sit in a place of I don't know and kind of be in that moment. Um, and it's been nice to, like you're saying, create that space. Yeah. Um, anything else about executive coaching that you're thinking about that we should chat about before we wrap up this episode? You know, I would say broadly, I think one thing that keeps me excited about coaching. So I was thinking about this is one, there's there's a lot of nuance in it, right? And there's different client groups and there's different kind of objectives. And that feels exciting and inspiring to like learn about all those different approaches. Um, and so I, I really appreciate this because I love anytime you learn something and that you can continue to stretch your learning. And that feels very much like what this is for me right now in my coaching practice. Yeah, I think you're right. The The other thing I think about is um, these spaces have nothing to do with me. And it's like, it's one of the few things that we don't as little creators in the world of work, um, you only have to create like an open space. And it's very, I won't say it's minimal, but it's very, it's very enjoyable that it gets to be so simple. And the conversations and the aha moments and how that is appreciated by our clients is is really enjoyable. So I, I do, unlike any of the other work that we do, I think I'm really gr- growing to love kind of that coaching model and space and skill set that I was like, I just want to apply this to everything in my life until my partner or friends realize I'm coaching them. And then they're like, are you coaching me? <laughs> so 
it's good. It's a good time to be in the practice of coaching. So Julie, I'm glad that you're on this journey with me so we can work it out and coach us through it. Coach us through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.